Well, it's time again for another international break. It just seems like we had one, Bo. I mean, I guess so. We didn't actually do much, Lawrence, except for not get to watch our favorite club teams. But I'll tell you what, Valencia, who would be, I mean, you know, I'm kind of a, I don't want to say I'm a fair weather fan, but I just love La Liga. And so I have a couple of teams I really like to follow. But Valencia beating Real Madrid was great for the league, great for Valencia, and terrible for Real Madrid. I mean, we are looking at a table in La Liga that, I mean, Atletico Madrid, a team me and you both also like, uh, looking like they're going to really position themselves as the top team this year because, I mean, Real Madrid looks like uh, they're a dumpster fire. And Barcelona, I mean, yeah, they, they still have two games in hand, but they are not looking super sharp. So, I mean, this 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 victory by Valencia, that game, the way Real Madrid played is kind of like how they're kind of are the whole season. Like, they're just kind of falling apart at the seams. And, and look, the players that uh, – there's this idea that maybe Marcelo, his time at Real Madrid should be winding down. He's still an incredible player, but, you know, there's, there's better guys. You know, Mindy, somebody else should come up, fill in. Uh, I think it's just the fact that a team that for years had so much depth, that depth is going away. And everything rests on the shoulders of Sergio Ramos and Karim Benzema. And while those guys are some of the top players in the world, they are not good enough to drive a team to the top of Champions League and to the top of the table. So, yeah, La Liga has become real interesting because... You know, we're finally to the point that it's not French soccer or German soccer. Like, you honestly have no idea who's going to win a game when, you know, at the beginning of the game, you're not, it's not automatic. It's not automatic Madrid. It's not automatic Barcelona. Hopefully, for our sake, it's going to be automatic Atletico. But, you know, even when Atletico's at its best, they still uh, scare the hell out of you if you're a fan because, you know, they can, they could beat a high school team one to zero and they could beat Bayern Munich one to zero. You never know. Or not beat Bayern Munich in some cases. But or listen, not beat Bayern Munich or not beat a high school team. Yeah, not beat Cadiz or, you know, Granada or one of those other teams. Well, look, you know, watching uh, the most recent match and just seeing in Champions League what Jao Felix has been able to do and, and really emerge has been nice. I thought the loss of Thomas Partey would be more glaring. I haven't seen that be as much an issue thus far, but uh, season's young. And also, watching Barcelona right now, it's it's more fun than it's been in several years because of the way they're having to mix and match things. In the last match where Messi didn't come in until the second half, that was interesting, and it created a dynamic where you got the feeling that, you know, the blame and the load will have to be shouldered by others now. Valverde being gone as being the whipping boy is, you know, a a good thing, I think, in the sense that Ronald Koeman has to find lineups week to week. Someone to blame? Well, it's going to (laughs) work. Look, I think at the very end, they are at the top of the table. I know that sounds bold. I know that sounds ridiculous given where things are right now. But I think at the very end, they're at the top of the table. Okay, now I'm qualified. Does that mean number one or fighting like this past season for number one, being at that number two spot and just a couple points off? I, I, I think that the ship gets righted. And I and for the sake of enjoying this particular season as everything is getting so condensed, I look forward to seeing the very end of this particular league of season. And, and while I want Atleti to be at the top of the table just because that's the team I enjoy following – 
I just see that Barcelona will have some sort of resurgence at some point here. And, and you know, you were mentioning uh, Partey. And uh, let's see how the Partey is going over where he ended up in the Premier League. Uh, Lawrence, another situation where it's kind of, you know, the teams are not necessarily falling into place on the table as we thought. Of course, again, I, I, I have to do a little log rolling. Tottenham being at number two, I'm so excited to see this team finally coming together. Um, they've always had the parts. I, Bale has been great uh, by my expectations. Uh, Leicester is, you know, setting themselves up for another, uh, you know, fall at the end of the year where they'll be in the top four and then they'll, you know, lose the last four or five games. But we'll, we'll, we'll save that for later. Uh, but, yeah, an interesting table, how it's kind of playing out. Man City and Arsenal two teams that everybody expected to be at the top they're playing they're not playing poorly but they're definitely not at the top of the table and it seems like Leeds has finally come down back down from earth they're not yeah yeah it was exciting to see them you know do well the first couple of games but you know what they just this is a depth and resources issue well an unbelievable head coaching position uh that they're in with uh bielsa but the the talent level it, it's emerging still but uh i mean i think in the end they will end up over the likes of newcastle west ham in the standings uh, as that shakes out but you know seeing lester right now uh top of the table and again you know we qualify all this by saying some of these teams have only played seven matches such as man city but lester with eight yeah matches but you don't played, get you don't get seven points for a win i mean if man city wins there's no, they win. They're number four on the table. It's fine. Listen, listen. My point. Let me get to my point about Leicester. My point about Leicester is this: Brendan Rodgers has done a tremendous job there, turning a culture around that was kind of on the edge after it had had this amazing, unbelievable success and got this amazing response from Jamie Vardy in one year, and he helped keep it going, and that's been impressive. But to me, the secret sauce, Casper Schmeichel, because just watching him play the match against Wolves. I mean, you know, he, he saved the game for them easily. And and while they did hold a lot of possession and had a much better first half than uh, Wolves had had, when Wolves got onto the attack, Kasper Schmeichel really did shut things down. And, uh, you know, we're not going to relitigate that game and the VAR call and the handball with the ball that's kicked from literally one foot away from somebody but but i believe uh, i believe you're relitigating it i am okay okay no more relitigation <laughs> you know the one thing i just i i don't think will be the case at the very end what we're looking at obviously with tottenham being so high up on the table and liverpool kind of uh right in that same mix you gotta believe that when it all sorts out liverpool chelsea and even Arsenal will respond, and and Man City will be really the force when it all evens out. I, I, I you know, again, I'm it's so front runnery, like I was doing with Barcelona just a couple minutes ago. But it's fun to see that Leicester's got that spark right now. You know, it, it was nice to see an early, you know, Wolves start that was impressive. Everton with a very impressive start to the season. Aston Villa with a very impressive start to the season. I will not get Hassenhudled though. I do not believe that that will be successful in the end. Southampton's coming down, but aside from all of the obvious things that we're seeing in the table right now the thing that's just not going to be the case in a matter of weeks if not just you know a month and a half man city will be at the top of the table yeah but there's another team in manchester and this is what i want to know what's what's the over under pochettino i mean are they done are, are they are they 
Are they going to get a new manager? What is Man United going to do? Because I, patience must be wearing thin after a decade of mediocrity. You know, it's funny. If the Champions League showings had been more poor, then I would say, yes, that's automatic. I mean, right now in the domestic league, in the Premier League, three wins, three losses for uh, Manchester United. That's 14th is obviously not acceptable. I mean, that's just not acceptable. It's not what it will be. But I guess you're looking at, again, are they Europa or are they... Champions League. I mean, like right now, they'd be happy to be Europa for the next campaign. Yeah, it's interesting because you look at a team like Spurs, again, not the same pressure. Spurs is always, you know, when it, if you're English, Spurs is never expected to be the top, right? Man U is expected to be the top. But the idea that, you know, Jose has kind of positioned his team where it's like you see the success in Europa. Yes, it's Europa, but it's better than the letdown of losing right in the middle of the week and then going into the domestic league and winning. Yeah, Man United has a much different situation. And I, I you know what? If they're in Europa again next year, I mean, they're in, they're in champions now. But if they're in, if they're in Europa next year, there's no, there's no way. Uh, Gunner's gone. And uh, we'll see who they bring in. But, you know, this is the thing about world soccer. No patience, you know. And Man U has actually had, for a team of its caliber, I mean, compare them to Barcelona. Man U has had a lot of patience. So yeah, I know that fan base. I know, you know, they're ready for something to turn around. And by turn around, they want consistent top four finishes. They want consistent domination in the Premier League, unless you're playing the big six. So, you know, when it comes to consistent domination, I think we should uh, dominate the set with our favorite segment. Oh, yeah. I think it is time. Woo! It's time for that football down south! Football and Inglace powered by Atlanti FC. We are the people's team. And the people's team getting it done in Oaxaca. 2-1, to one, the victory. An early goal there putting Atlante in the position of having to answer, and then they do. Luis Garcia in the so 62nd good. minute, so good, in the equalizer. Oh, then, yeah. 20 minutes later, Bo, Ronaldo Gonzalez with the game winner. and Golasso! It's, it's big stuff in the sense that you're trying to get in the best positioning in the playoff bracket, and, and this... Totally. Because of the math of it, you know, the number one seed will be automatically in the semifinals, the number two seed in the quarterfinals, and there's these play-in games. If you can move away from that, that's a good thing. Any way you have it, though, the momentum right now for Atlante, very, very critical, and we're loving what we're seeing. Yeah, let's not sit in a world where we think that Oaxaca is the best team and that this 2-1 to win is us you know, being giant killers. It's not, but it shows that we have the momentum. We are getting in rhythm. We are getting ready for the playoffs. And I think what's super important for Atlante is to get as many points as possible in those last two games. Look, that's not amazing analysis, right? You always want to get as many points as possible. But if we can squeeze into these top two spots... Man, I, I don't want to be in that first round because all of these teams are dangerous. Whether it's Dorados or Pumas, Tabasco, all these teams can win, right? So the less games you have to play, the better. That's simple math. So if you can get in those top two, I don't think you're going to get to one. I just don't think you can catch the Toros. But can you get to two? Yes, you can. And the win against Zacatecas, I mean, that's one of the teams you're battling against. That's going to put you in an outstanding position.
Yeah, and and then you got to look at what's ahead. Uh, two more matches on the schedule. The next one coming up Sunday evening. Mineros is the opponent, and uh, we will keep our eye on that, just like we're keeping our eye on the Primera Division and the Ligia to come here. And what we're seeing are four teams that have moved into the quarterfinals automatically as there are eight teams to play into this play-in as the quarterfinals see Leon at one, Pumas at two, Club America oh, yeah. at three, and then Cruz Azul at four, leaving us with number five, Bo, a Monterey team. You know, they're, they're celebrating a bunch of cups. They're winning, and, you know, it's like Mohamed wants everybody to know, we've got the last several trophies that, you know, anybody's been handed, but it's going to be a challenge against Puebla, but I think we'll finally start seeing that team that Monterey should be. Do you not think that that's what's going to happen here? I don't know. I mean, look, Puebla is probably, I mean, look, they're the they're the lowest seed. So, you know, should Monterey beat Puebla? Yes, but it's that next round that's going to really, uh, they could really get kicked in the teeth. They have to get it together. And, you know, Lawrence, when we're talking about teams that really needed to push, as we're looking at these first round mashup, matchups, that team that really needed to push and get in the top four was Tigres. But they were just not turning a corner they were just almost there they would play outstanding and then they would just be mediocre and now they're going to play one of our little favorites this season the Toluca train and I do the Toluca train may be coming in full speed and yeah. they may you know they they could beat Tigres I mean I, we're going to talk about uh two other matchups that are going to be close but honestly like Tigres cannot be looking ahead because Toluca is ready to get to that next round. They're looking for a statement win. They have not had one in years. And if Toluca can come out and beat Tigres, that is a, that is a statement win. And so, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's going to be tough for Tigres. I don't know which team's going to show up. Well, let's talk about this for a second. I love Sambuesa. I mean, Ruben Sambuesa, Sambo, is a fun player to watch and uh, brings a lot of energy and totally. a lot of skill and a lot of veteran presence. All that has been very, very key to Toluca. Tigres, though, I can't tell if they're snake bit at times. There have been matches that have slipped away late. There have been matches that they really yeah. should have just settled up and won, and something then wacky happens or maybe unfair well, in some capacity. That's Mexican soccer. <laughs> but but for look for Tuca to weather this storm and move forward, the thing this got to be beyond Gignac. It it just. All of this has to, there's got to start being some other contributions. Leo Fernandez earlier in the season was like a revelation in the way that he was able to get the ball moving. I see Tigris responding. I do. I think that the snake bit Tigris days are over, but can a team get so snake bitten that they just keep falling back on that same weakness? I, I guess that's the question, Bo. I, I honestly feel like Tigres is in a tough position because if they beat Toluca, everybody's going to say, well, they should have. And if they lose to Toluca, well, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a happy place in Monterey, but the next match that we're going to talk about Lawrence, I, I think we're going to print some t-shirts because who's playing? Ah, the underachieve us. Yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> look, you got to get, I've always said I'm this. picking the Coxa. You're taking Nacoxa. I, I don't know that I'm, I'm that far the behind Coxa. you. I'm taking Nacoxa. 
with the goaltending and the way <laughs> they've uh, shored up some defensive inefficiencies uh, that we were seeing early in the season, I, I guess I got to say Nakaxa could certainly make that upset. And oh you, yeah, you they tra- spotted the whole league like ten points. I mean, Nakaxa didn't play until like they. I don't know where they were. They were, you know, out bathing in the in the lovely hot springs of Agua Calientes for the first couple of weeks, and now they've shown up. And yeah, they're the Nakaxa. They're the mid-table team that's dangerous and quick that we expect. And so, yeah, underachieve us. I love it. But why are we underachieve us? Why aren't we showing the respect right now for what was in the middle of the season? Another pun: an untenable situation. Uh, and now you want to no, boost a teach your children well. Yeah, <laughs> well, look, I because honestly, like, why do we have to pay homage to another mediocre Chivas team? You know, uh-huh. these guys aren't the goats. You know, they're just like, I mean, why, oh, you know, Chivas really did well this year to get to seventh place. And no, they didn't. They were garbage. They're, they got to play better. And it starts today. And when Nakaxa beats them, I, I don't know what else can you do. You can't, I mean, I guess you can fire the coach again. You can get more players. You know, there's always rumors that they're going to try to pull back some of the old heroes of the MLS team and, you know, become a senior league team. I don't know what they're going to do. Chivas has to figure it out and they have to play better because Nakox is going to eat their lunch if they don't. Now, I will say this it wasn't just a blast off against Mazatlan to close out the regular season that makes me think that Santos is, you know, oh, they're coming back together. It's, it's all good. Goriran is making the impact and, like, it's not just on first it's like there's something here but I, i'm not buying it i think pachuca really could end up having their number oh, yeah. and, and, and pachuca's been interesting this season because of the extreme veteran presence that they've had in some cases um <laughs> you know you you look at you know pardo out there is you know playing his heart out and 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 i want to see a, a great matchup there and what's the you know eight nine slot in this playoffs because that should be the most competitive of these first four games well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be the most competitive because I don't think some of the other matches we're looking at, the teams that are favored are going to be very competitive against the teams of the lower seed. But Pachuca is my dark horse. They could make a run in this. And that's the nice, that's the fun part about playoffs in Liga MX. It's you win four games, you're in, right? Pachuca can do that. So, yeah, this Pachuca-Santos game is going to be exciting. Uh, I love Pachuca. They are my dark horse. But when it comes to favorites... I'm, I, you know what? You don't even have to pick a first-round team. Any team. Lawrence, right now, looking at this, and we're going to reanalyze this next week, of course, but looking at this now, who's your favorite? For for the entire tournament. like Who, who the wins the thing, final the is what thing. you're saying? May, may I say the whole enchilada? Sorry to our... <laughs> yes, who is going to win it? I think that Club America responds and gets in the finals. Oh. I do. I do. I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say Club America. Well, as much as I like my, uh, what was it, the Danny Manning team that was the eighth seed that won the uh, the oh, Kansas yeah. team? What were they called? The, Danny Manning the and the Miracles. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, I Pachuca still I think is going to be the 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 Pachuca America the Hildago Heroes. I don't know. We'll come up with a name when they. But the th- Glorious that's not my Gophers. To win. Yeah, I hear you. The Glorious Gophers. Yes. Um, uh, I really like Pumas. I really do. But you know what? For once in the playoffs, in Liga MX, and this is why it's so exciting, because being the first seed doesn't mean you're the best team, and it definitely doesn't mean you're going to win. 
But I think the Kings of Leon have proven time and time again that not only do they play the best soccer, but they want to be the best team and they have the rhythm. And so, honestly, I know this sounds, if you're, if you're just getting into Mexican soccer and you're like, why is picking the first place team? Why is picking the number one seed seen as like this really outsider pick? Well, it's because that no matter how it's ranked, usually your legacy teams, your Americas, your Azuls, your, your Monterey's, they always win. I think this is when Leon wins. I think this is when Leon finally says, look, we are a team to be recognized. We are a team to be respected. We are the best team in Liga MX. Let's leave it there for now. Much more talk to come. With Bob Lee, I'm Lawrence Scott. Thanks so much for joining us. Adios. Adios.